Well, tonight uh, we're going to look at uh, uh, Jeremiah the prophet, and uh, we'll be considering chapters 1 through 25. And uh, really, we don't have enough time to go uh, into detail, too much detail, but we'll give uh, an overview uh, for sure. Uh, we'll start uh, with the key verse uh, for uh, the first lesson here. It says, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the king kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build, and to plant. That's Jeremiah 1, 9 through 10. Uh, I'd like to encourage you right now, um, since we don't have time to go into an in-depth study, I'd like to encourage you to have a pad and paper ready, uh, so that you, or pad and pen ready, so that you can write down any scripture references that come up. Um, I won't take time to turn to those. I have those written out ahead of time, and we'll try to proceed efficiently through this study. Uh, first, we'll talk about uh, the timeline. Uh, these materials that I have are available on the website uh, as a part of the uh, Discovery series. But we're uh, covering the end of uh, this uh, timeline, uh, the years of Jeremiah. Uh, and uh, so that covers, uh, he would have been born uh, the year after uh, Josiah was born. So he was um, in the tail end of Manasseh's uh, kingdom uh, through Ammon. Uh, and then he started his ministry in the 13th uh, year of Josiah's reign all the way until uh, they were all carried into captivity. Uh, the, uh, I encourage you to look at the outline. The outline is actually a really handy tool for trying to understand and, and put together all of the pieces of this. And as we consider uh, what the prophet Jeremiah has to say to us, what the, what the Lord has to say to us through uh, Jeremiah, uh, it's really handy. So what we're covering uh, will be uh, at the beginning. We'll cover uh, who Jeremiah was, uh, what, how the Lord called him, and uh, and some pieces there. But then we go into uh, the uh, what would be a series of sermons or messages uh, from the prophet uh, that the Lord gave uh, to him to give to the people. Uh, and so there was a series of. Uh, 12 sermons that we're trying to cover, and there's just no way to do that in depth. So again, uh, please uh, feel free to write down some scriptures. Uh, we'll start uh, at uh, chapter, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, and we'll read verses uh, 4 through 6. It says, Then the word of the Lord uh, came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, uh, for I am a child. At this time, I, Jeremiah would have been about 20 years old. Uh, and relatively speaking, he would not have been uh, well established as far as somebody who people would listen to in his community. Uh, and so perhaps he felt the weight of that. Uh, he had not established himself uh, perhaps as one who uh, read a lot in the synagogue or uh, did anything in regards to uh, leadership or, or whatnot, and, and perhaps he felt the weight of that. Uh, but we, we see the response here of Jeremiah was in humility. And he gives us the key uh, to when we approach the Lord, when the Lord asks us to do something or to uh, calls us or, or commands us to do something, uh, we should always approach in humility. And certainly Jeremiah did that. 
uh, we see here that the Lord went on to tell him uh, not to not to say that, but to uh, to consider uh, that God's uh, plan is bigger than Jeremiah, uh, and that's true for us as well. God's plan is bigger than any one of us. Uh, God's plan uh, will come to pass uh, with or without us, uh, and God's plan is is perfect. And so uh, Jeremiah might have felt the weight of that, delivering it uh, correctly as well. We see in uh, several places, uh, we'll just read, look at verse 4 once again. It says, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying. Uh, It's important for us to remember this is the word of the Lord. Uh, The judgment uh, that was brought forth uh, by the Lord uh, was harsh. Uh, It was very difficult. And when you're reading through Jeremiah, it it can be, well, it can be depressing. Uh, uh, But uh, the beauty of this Uh, is that when we consider the length that God went through uh, to reach out to the nation of Judah uh, with the message that Jeremiah had, uh, that's really the mercy of God. Uh, That's the the mercy of the Lord reaching out to you and to me now as we read Jeremiah, but also to uh, Judah at the time. He he was telling them that the coming judgment, and there's many cases in which uh, he gave them opportunity to... Uh, to turn back and to receive uh, what God really, truly wanted for them, and that was blessing uh, and, uh, and to be uh, His people. It is God's Word. Uh, God's Word will uh, be fulfilled. It says His Word will not return void unto Him. Uh, in Exodus 13, pardon me, in Exodus 3:14, uh, He says, "I am that I am." Uh, and so he, he is God. He is uh, self-sufficient. He, he doesn't need us. He doesn't need any of this. Uh, but he offers us the opportunity uh, to be uh, a part of what he is going to do. Uh, these, um, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, as I was studying this, you look into this and you consider Manasseh, and we're going to go backwards just a little bit here for a moment, but um, uh, Jeremiah overlaps uh, a, a good portion of the last uh, or the tail end of the uh, uh, kings and so forth. And so he, uh, he overlaps in 2 Kings 22 through 25. Uh, he was uh, contemporary with uh, Zephaniah, with Habakkuk, uh, with Daniel, and with Ezekiel. Uh, in fact, it's quite uh, likely that Daniel and Ezekiel uh, heard uh, the prophet Jeremiah uh, and, uh, and before they were carried off into captivity. Uh, but it's interesting to consider that uh, he was uh, born at the tail end of Manasseh's reign. And the, and the reason this is significant is because uh, what God is telling Jeremiah to do is to preach to Judah of the coming judgment because of Manasseh's sin. Because Manasseh had caused Judah to sin so greatly uh, that judgment was coming. Uh, and so it's interesting to note that he was born at the tail end of that uh, perhaps he would have had enough memories to uh, see the change in power to his son, uh, Ammon, and, and then even, of course, to Josiah. Uh, but uh, it's really interesting uh, to consider all of this, uh, that Manasseh at the tail end of his reign was, was trying to make good on some things, but, uh, but we don't read a whole lot about that. But uh, anyway, his, his son Ammon was, uh, was a wicked king. Uh, and then Josiah attempted to make reform, and because of Josiah's reform, uh, the judgment was waited. The judgment waited until uh, now. 
so these uh, sermons that uh, Jeremiah put together uh, are uh, have several different titles, and it's interesting as as the Lord was uh, going through this. Uh, really, a lot of the of the sermons are, are pretty much the same thing. There is a judgment coming. You need to turn. Uh, to the Lord, but he gives a series of object lessons at times, and so we'll try to cover some of those as we go through uh, the lesson. Uh, we'll cover some of the the lessons and some of the key points, uh, and we'll uh, we'll just see where we end up. the uh, The first sermon is uh, Judah's unfaithfulness, and that's uh, covered in um, chapter two and a little bit of chapter three. And then the second sermon is repentance or retribution. Uh, that's chapter three through six. Uh, then we have the third sermon, um, distortion of worship, uh, the fourth, the broken covenant, the fifth, the marred girdle and broken bottles, the sixth, the drought, the seventh, the sign of the unmarried prophet, the eighth, the potter and the broken bottle, uh, the ninth, against Judah's kings, the tenth, against Judah's false prophets, the eleventh, uh, the two baskets of figs, and the twelfth, the seventy years of captivity. So the first, or the, the first uh, portion we'll look into is uh, chapter 2, verse uh, 13. And in chapter 2, verse 13, it says, For my people have committed two evils. Uh, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, uh, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Uh, what's interesting is that this uh, illustrates that uh, Judah had not only turned from God, meaning that their sustenance and everything uh, that God had done for them, they had turned and forsaken him, uh, but they had also tried to uh, to rely on themselves uh, for the things that really only God could provide. They uh, dug out these cisterns that were broken cisterns, and a, and a cistern, you can look it up on the web, but uh, it's a place that you would hold water. And what's interesting is that oftentimes the water in that uh, cistern would get stagnant, and, and if it was broken, it wouldn't even hold any water at all. And so God is, is telling them that they, they're broken, that, that they need him. Uh, they need uh, to come back and, and come to the fountain of living waters. Uh, we see that the, the Lord refers to this fountain of living waters. Uh, in uh, Matthew 16.6, Then Jesus said unto them, uh, Take heed. Well, that's not the one I was looking for. Oh, there it is. Uh, in uh, John 4.10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. This is uh, what the Lord told to the woman in Samaria. He, he, he talked about that living water. God offers us living water. Uh, not uh, some old dead water, not some old uh, non-existent water, but he offers us uh, the water of life. Another reference you can look up later is John 7.38. Uh, so we'll uh, continue on, uh, and uh, we'll look into uh, the second sermon just a little bit. We'll look into chapter 3 uh, of Jeremiah, and we'll read verses 6 through 8. The Lord said unto, unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there hath played the harlot. And I said, after she had done all these things, turn thou unto me. But she returned not, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw when all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce, yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. 
You see, the Lord is laying up their, their charge and showing them that they had committed even worse sin than Israel. And, and if you look at the history, uh, Israel never once had anything like a good king. Uh, you read through the divided kingdom and you see that Israel had um, really just uh, terrible, wicked kings. Uh, but God is telling them here that after all of that example of wickedness and how the Lord had been with them in Judah at times, uh, when they were had a prosperous and a good king, uh, they had turned so completely away after witnessing the destruction of Israel. They had turned so completely away, God's judgment was even worse upon Judah. In fact, we, we read about the, the horrible things that would happen uh, there in Jerusalem as a result. Uh, you know, have you ever had that? Uh, I remember hearing stories when I was a kid, and uh, I, I grew up an only child, but, uh, but I, I knew several people that had brothers, and they said, oh yeah, we always paid attention to what the older brother did, because when he got in trouble, we didn't want to do that. Uh, you know, it's the same way for us, really, isn't it? Uh, you know, the, the Lord tells us, pay attention. Uh, there's example here. Uh, there's a, a, a thing that we uh, must not do. Uh, and the Lord will hold us guilty for those things that we know um, and do anyway. Uh, we continue in the same sermon. We'll go to chapter 5 and we'll look at verse 31. In 531 it says, The prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. And what will ye do in the end thereof? You see, it's interesting here. The, the people, uh, well, first of all, they had false prophets. They had a lot of people that were saying, the Lord told me. I had a vision. The burden of the word of the Lord came to me. And he said this. And the Lord says over and over again in Jeremiah, he says, I, I never told them that. I never once. None of these people have been listening to me at all. Uh, but there were many that, that stood up and said, we should do this. Uh, the Lord has told me to do this. And when uh, people would notice, and perhaps they did or perhaps they didn't, but if people would have noticed that it was uh, against or contrary to God's Word, well, they, they, they would have seen clearly uh, that they shouldn't do what these people were asking and that they weren't prophets. But it goes on to say that the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. They had gone so far that they loved to have these false prophets tell them a different way to go. Lord, help us. Lord, help us that, that we would be in the Word, that we would read for ourselves what, what God tells us. It isn't about the prophets. It really isn't even about Jeremiah. It's about God's Word. It's about what He says. And that's so important for us. For that's the only thing that will stand. In the end, it won't matter what you and I have said. It won't matter even what Jeremiah has said. What will matter is what God has said. It will stand. So these false prophets were leading them astray. And if you want to look up some more Scriptures... Uh, in that way, there's 2 Timothy 4.3, Matthew 16.6, 6, and Mark 15.11. Uh, in uh, Tim, uh, 2 Timothy 4.3, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. O oh, Lord, give us sound doctrine. 
That's what will matter. It won't matter what kind of program you and I were in. It won't matter even the times that we live in. What will matter is, have we adhered to sound doctrine? Uh, We'll continue on to the third sermon, and we'll look into chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. So I will cause you to dwell in this place. The Lord had already pronounced judgment. He had already told them there was a judgment coming, that Jerusalem uh, was going to be laid waste, that there would be uh, terrible difficulties ahead. But he says, I will cause you to dwell in this place. Basically, he is telling them uh, that if you repent, he says, I will repent. I will, I will come back from the thing that I have said I will do. I will forestall the judgment and I will offer you again this place that I have provided for you. Uh, what, a, what a blessing to think that the Lord would again reach out uh, in Judah's depravity and would reach out to them and uh, again try to help them see uh, where they were. Uh, so what does amend mean? Uh, well, uh, amend means to correct or, or to reform. Uh, you know, you might amend a document. And that means that you have incorrect information and you put in, uh, correct information on it. Uh, so you correct something that is wrong. Uh, restitution is a way that we go about amending our ways. Uh, certainly there are th- some things that we can't uh, do and the Lord even provides provision for that in His Word. Uh, but uh, He tells us to, uh, to have restitution. Uh, but first we must get right with God. Uh, so to correct, to reform. Uh, Zacchaeus is a great example. He's in Luke 19. You can read about him. But uh, Zacchaeus is a wonderful example of reform. Uh, here he was, he, he wanted to see Jesus, and so he, he devised a plan to do so. He was a, a well-hated man. Uh, he was a tax collector and a rich man, and he uh, was not well-liked at all by the people uh, of his city, uh, but he wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus came to his house. And Zacchaeus declares to Jesus, he says, he says I, I will uh, pay back those wrongs. He said, I will, I will make those things right, and if I've robbed anybody, I'll pay it back fourfold. You see, he reformed. There was real change. It wasn't just, oh, I believe. There, there was something that changed in him. And that's what God is asking Israel or Judah to do at this time. To change. To come back. We continue in this same sermon and we go to chapter 9. And we read verses 23 and 24. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in all things, pardon me, in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So he he lays it out here. Uh, He says, don't glory uh, in riches. Uh, Don't glory in 
uh, might. Don't glory in wisdom. And, and we can classify these things very easily. And I think it isn't hard for us to recognize. Uh, don't uh, glory in your knowledge. Uh, you know, you might be the smartest person in the world. You might be the dumbest person in the world. I can't judge you on that. I think I fit on the lower end, honestly. But, but in reality, knowledge isn't enough. We could know everything. And yet, if we don't know God, if we don't know His grace or His mercy, what does that mean for us? It won't amount to anything. You can't take your knowledge to the grave and beyond. He says, don't trust in might or don't trust in your own strength. Uh, you know, I, I've come to realize just how fragile we are. In fact, I think the circumstances that we find ourselves in right now as in our uh, global pandemic, uh, we realize just how fragile we are, uh, just how mortal we are. Don't trust in your own strength. Oh, certainly the Lord, I've heard it said, the Lord helps those that help themselves. Uh, you know, certainly the Lord expects us to be good stewards. He expects us to, to do <coughs> pardon me, expects us to do for ourselves as much as we can, but don't trust in that. Trust in the Lord. He goes on to, to say, don't trust in riches or don't trust in worldly security. Uh, really, what can the world offer you? You might be the wealthiest person in the world. You might even be in the, in the top, uh, well, I don't know, we'll say the top 10% in the world and think that you have it pretty good. Uh, but you know, kingdoms have fallen. Uh, people that had wealth all of a sudden woke up one day the next day and had nothing. It really, it doesn't matter. That, that security is not real security. When we consider our eternity, we want our security to be in Christ, in, in the Lord. And so that's what the Lord is telling him. Glory in that you know me. Uh, have you ever heard the phrase, it, it's not what you know, it's who you know? Well, that's true. It really isn't what you know, it's who you know. Do you know Jesus? Well, we move on to the, sec the fourth sermon uh, and we'll look into uh, chapter 12 for another uh, illustration. And we, here we see a little bit of the heart of God. Uh, chapter 12, uh, verses 7 through 13. It says, I have forsaken mine house. I have left mine heritage. I have given the dearly beloved of my soul into the hand of her enemies. Mine heritage is unto me as a lion in the forest. It crieth out against me. Therefore have I hated it. Mine heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. The birds round about are against her. Uh, come ye, assemble all the beasts of the field. Come to devour. Uh, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. Uh, they have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. We see here that he uses three examples. First of all, we already see that the Lord is really heartbroken over Judah's sin and where they are. You know, God is still heartbroken today over sin. You know, he, he allowed Adam and Eve to live. He, he saw the destruction that came into their lives as a result of sin. And he continues to see how that propagates through mankind. Uh, even to the point where he has at times uh, brought destruction. But it breaks his heart to think of our ever-loving Father. You know, that's the way Jesus told us to refer to Him. Our Father, which art in heaven. 
he's, he's troubled by this. And here he, he talks about giving them to the hand. But, but let's look at these examples that he gives. He talks about this lion. His heritage, or in this way it refers to Judah, his heritage is unto me as a lion in the forest. It crieth out against me. You ever seen a wounded animal just lash out? Uh, or you think of a, a hungry lion and how it just seems to be angry and it, it lashes out. Uh, well, we, we don't want to, uh, what is it, don't bite the hand that feeds you? Uh, we don't want to lash out against the Lord, but that's uh, what it, Judah was doing. Uh, and he used another example here of a speckled bird. Uh, the thing about a speckled bird is it made it, uh, potentially it made it an easy prey. Uh, look at me, here I am. And so uh, it brought destruction uh, upon it. Uh, and then the vineyard, it says the pastors have trampled uh, his vineyard. You know, the thing about a vineyard or any kind of husbandry that you do, they, you, you, have to have some, uh, you have to have some resources in which to, to give to that uh, plant or that vine. You have to feed it. You have to water it. You have to give it uh, the good. But if you, you start feeding it something that isn't uh, life-giving, you start feeding it something that, uh, that takes away and, and suddenly it begins to die. Well, the pastors of this day had, had allowed Judah uh, to f- uh, have false teachings and thus it was dying. A couple of scriptures uh, to think about uh, for the previous one, Micah 6.8, you can read that later. Uh, and then in regards to God's lament uh, and abiding, uh, look at John 15, verses 4 through 5. In fact, let's read that really quick here. It says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No man can, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, he can do nothing. So we move on here to, um, we're going to actually skip over the fifth sermon and go on to the sixth sermon here. Uh, it talks about the drought. And, uh, and if you read through this, uh, there's a horrible uh, well, destruction that is uh, intended to come upon them. Uh, but I want to read the end here because in uh, this destruction, again, this is speaking to the mercy of the Lord. Let's go to chapter 15 in Jeremiah and we'll read uh, chapter 10, or pardon me, verse 10. Jeremiah 15:10. Woe is me, my mother, uh, that thou hast borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. I have neither lent on usury uh, nor men have lent to me in usury. Yet every one of them doth curse me. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like, why is everything happening to me? Well, I can tell you if there's sin in your life, get that taken care of. That, that is the first thing. Get that taken care of. But even Jeremiah here felt the weight of what was going on. But let's read verse 11. The Lord said, Verily it shall be well with thy remnant, Verily, I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. See, for those that would turn to the Lord in their distress, God offers them peace and assurance and help in their time of need. Jeremiah, from the very beginning, if we go all the way back, 
from the very beginning here, uh, Jeremiah 1, 18 and 19. This is what he, he was told from the very beginning. For behold, I have made thee this day a defensed city and an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Amen. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want, is to have the Lord with us? Uh, to, to seek His favor and His grace? Uh, you know, you and I can offer Him nothing. He simply offers us to walk with us and be our God if we just serve Him. Uh, I think it's a good deal. Amen. Some other Scriptures you might consider uh, looking up or writing down uh, that might bring comfort. Uh, Psalm 23, 4 and 5. Psalm 37, 25. John fourteen sixteen through 18. John sixteen thirty three, And Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. In uh, John sixteen thirty three, the Lord says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. It uh, brings a comfort to think of uh, the Lord's promises to us. We move on here to the second or the seventh sermon. We'll read uh, chapter 16, verses 2, 5, and 8. Chapter 16, 2, Thou shalt not take thee a wife, neither shalt thou have sons or daughters in this place. Verse 5, For thus saith the Lord, Enter not into the house of mourning, neither go to lament nor bemoan them, for I have taken away my uh, peace from this people, saith the Lord, even loving kindness and mercies. And then we'll go to uh, verse 8, Thou shalt not also go into the house of feasting to sit with them to eat and to drink. Uh, the Lord had commanded Jeremiah here uh, to essentially forsake uh, the people, uh, that he was not to have any dealings with them, uh, that he was not to even uh, get married to one of his uh, compatriots. He was to remain single and have no children. He, he was basically uh, telling Jeremiah to, to not have any dealings. Uh, you, you preach the word I give you, uh, and, and if they repent, then there's, there's salvation. But he says you, you need to forsake. Uh, that wasn't to last. That was for this moment. Uh, certainly the Lord uh, does not uh, forsake the people that turn to Him, but they hadn't turned to Him. They had chosen a different path. But even in forsaking, the Lord gave more hope. In chapter 16, verses 14 and 15, we see here, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, The Lord liveth, that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Let's stop before we go into 15. Uh, so when we look at uh, verse 14, we see here that the, the Lord had a reputation. And the Lord's reputation in the land, uh, when people would talk about the children of Israel or they would talk about the history of those people, they would remember uh, how God had delivered them from Egypt, how He had brought them through great uh, um, deprivation, through to the promised land, and they were a conquering force by His Word. Uh, God had done this, and this was His reputation. 
but he says that his reputation is going to change. And we'll read about that in verse 15. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children. This is going to be the reputation. The Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. You know, we we see the mercy of the Lord in this, that he's going to bring them back to their land. And you and I don't even have to wonder about that. We witnessed that happen in relatively recent history when you consider how long this was ago. Uh, Israel's a nation again. Uh, God restored uh, that nation uh, to His people. Uh, God will be faithful uh, to His vision. God will be faithful to His Word. And God offered them opportunity here. Uh, You can write this down. Write down Romans 5, verses 5-6 through uh, for more about that. We'll look into the 8th sermon briefly here. And we'll look into chapter 18, verses 1-10. through Doing okay for time so far. Uh, the eighth sermon, the potter and the broken bottle. I'd like to spend time on this because this is a, a well-known piece of the prophecies of Jeremiah. Chapter 18, verses 1 through 10. Uh, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Uh, then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel." At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight that it obey not my voice, Then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Uh, What an object lesson that God provided for uh, Jeremiah. Uh, And really for all of us as well. And I think that perhaps you and I have seen it. (coughs) If you haven't seen a a potter do something on a wheel, a stone, uh, look it up on YouTube. Uh, But you see there, they, they take this clay, this mass that is... Uh, lumpy and, and unruly, as it were. And they begin to craft something out of it. But then something happens and perhaps that vessel uh, cracks or that vessel uh, begins to fold in or, or something happens uh, because it may seem as though the clay is rebellious. That's, that's the way uh, Judah was. But God is telling them that I can fix you. I can make you a new creature. I can make you a new vessel uh, according to my design. And you will be what you're intended to be. God offers that to you and to me now. That that we can be a new vessel. A new creature. Uh, You can find uh, these uh, scriptures uh, further in 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17. A new creature, he says. We can be brand new. But the Lord went on from this. He wasn't done with His object lesson. And we read 
in chapter 19, verses 10 and 11. The Lord had told Jeremiah to go and, and to get a, a vessel that was, that was finished, that was hardened and ready to be used. Verse 10, Then shalt thou break the bottle in the sight of the men that go with thee, and shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people in this city as one breaketh a potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again, and they shall bury them in Tophet till there be no place to bury. You've you got to look back and wonder, well, why didn't they turn? Why didn't they come back? Why didn't they reach out to the God of heaven that offered them so much? But they refused to do so. And the Lord continued then that same object lesson and showed them that they would be broken. You know, the, the Scripture tells us that uh, if we come to the Lord and be broken on Him, on that cornerstone, uh, it is well with us. Uh, but heaven help us if it should fall on us in the judgment, for it will grind us to powder. Uh, you know, we don't want to be like that broken vessel. And we don't have to be. Uh, we can be uh, what God designed us to be. Uh, and He will help us uh, with that. We'll continue on into... Uh, the ninth sermon here, and we'll look at chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. Uh, the word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord when King Zedekiah, King Zedekiah was the last king, uh, when King Zedekiah sent unto him Peshur, uh, the son of Melchiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Messiah, uh, the priest saying, Inquire, I pray thee, of the Lord for us. For Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadrezzar, king of Babylon, maketh war against us. If so, be that the Lord will deal with us according to all his wondrous works, that he may go up from us. Zedekiah didn't mean it. Uh, we know this. We read this because we, we see further on uh, the Lord is angry. And he, he, lets, he lets them know the coming judgment. Uh, we see no evidence at all that Zedekiah or any of the people turned to the Lord. It's not enough for us to give lip service. It's not enough for us to, uh, to just say something. Uh, but we must have that in our heart. And this is what the Lord was upset with. Zedekiah had, had given him lip service. Go, go find Jeremiah. He'll, he'll prophesy for us. Let, let, we'll, 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 we'll talk about the wonderful things that God will do. Well, God will do wonderful things, but you must turn to Him with your heart, not just with your lips. Matthew fifteen eight through nine has more information about lip service and the heart. Uh, in chapter twenty three, uh, we talk about uh, see uh, this was a, a section in which the Lord pronounced judgment on on so many kings at this point and the people, uh, but He goes on uh, in chapter twenty three. In verses uh, 5 and 6, he says, But if ye will not hear these words, I swear by myself, saith the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. For thus saith the Lord unto the king's house of Judah, Thou art Gilead unto me, and the head of Lebanon, yet surely I will make thee a wilderness and cities which are not inhabited. Did I get the wrong? Oh, I did. <laughs> Let's go to chapter 23. That was the judgment. There you go. Chapter 23, and we'll read uh, verses 5 and 6. 
Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name, whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Amen. I hope you said amen. I hope you feel that that same uh, amen. Uh, The Lord is coming back and He's going to uh, set up His kingdom. Uh, And that will be uh, God's fulfillment of this uh, passage of Scripture that that He will come back uh, and He will reign righteously. uh, Not for uh, His own sake, but by the Word of God. Amen. Yeah, you can read more about that in Revelation 19.11. Revelation 19.11. We only have three more sermons to go. Uh, We're actually going to skip the 10th sermon. And we'll look into the 11th sermon here about the baskets, the two figs, uh, uh, two basket of figs, pardon me. So we'll read in chapter 24, verses 2 and 3, just briefly here. Uh, Actually, let's uh, read from verse 1. The Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of the Lord. After that, Nebuchadrezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive uh, Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the princes of Judah, with the carpenters and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon. Uh, One basket had very good figs, even like the figs that are first ripe, and the other basket had very naughty figs, which could not be eaten. They were so bad. Then said the Lord unto me, What seest thou, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs. The good figs, very good, and the evil, very evil. That cannot be eaten, they are so evil. The Lord used this object lesson to illustrate, and we could read on here, but he used this to illustrate that the bad figs were those that would stay in Jerusalem and not bow to the will of God. You see, it was God's will that they be taken captive. That was a piece of their punishment. Uh, And they were to be taken captive. But he talked about the good figs. He talked about those that yielded to this and went uh, into captivity, uh, that the Lord would be with them and that he would take care of them and he would help them learn and he would try them, but he he would be with them. You see, sometimes the options before us seem like they're they're not good. But the Lord has provided an opportunity for them here if they stay and deny Him that they would be destroyed. Let's read that. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, this is verse 5 now, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. For I will set mine eyes upon them for good, And I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them down. And I will plant them and not pluck them up. And he goes on to pronounce judgment to those. You know, sometimes the Lord tells us to do things that we aren't comfortable with. Sometimes the Lord asks us to be willing to do like what Jeremiah did. As just a 20-year-old man, the Lord called him and called him very clearly. And he had a very strong call. Perhaps you have a call on your life. Perhaps God has been reaching out to you because He has something for you to do. Well, He asks you to to come 
willingly. To, to give Him everything. To, to reach out and accept the call that is on your life. It doesn't do to, to run from that call. You will not have your best life if you run from the call of God. You will not have the, uh, the blessings that God offers. Even in the midst of trial and tribulation, you will have the blessing and the presence of God if you answer the call. You know, God offered them a way that they could be in His presence. And it meant leaving their home. But that was judgment. And those that accepted that humbly, God was with them. And He led them through all of that. We read about Daniel, and that's not part of our lesson now, but we read about Daniel and we see how Daniel uh, prospered uh, because the Lord was with him there. He was one of those that went into captivity. He was one of those that, uh, that did what God asked him to do. And we see the mighty things that God did through Daniel. And you know, the, the Sunday school song says, Dare to be a Daniel. Well, dare to be a Jeremiah too. Uh, we'll conclude uh, with looking at the 12th sermon just briefly here. A little bit of a ray of hope. This kind of caps the lesson, but uh, we'll look at chapter 25, verses uh, 11 through 14. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. That was going to happen whether they left or not. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon. And that nation, saith the, and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans, and will make it perpetual desolations. And I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it, even all that is written in this book, which Jeremiah hath prophesied against all the nations. For many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of them also. And I will recompense them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hands. Kings will bow before the Lord. Nations will bow before the Lord. This is the promise that God gave to them that this judgment would not last forever that after 70 years uh, they would be released, that God would bring them back into their land. And this was their hope. Uh, this was the, uh, the promise that God gave to them. And those that, uh, that followed the promise of God yielded the blessing and the benefit of that promise. Well, you and I have the same opportunity. Uh, we must follow the Lord. The, the circumstances of our day uh, are really not relevant to serving God. The, the beauty uh, of serving the Lord is that we're looking at eternity. Uh, we're looking beyond the here and now and the things that are about us right now. Things can change in a moment. But we look forward to a place in which God will bring us into that promised land where we will forever be with Him 
There will not be pain or death. There will not be struggle. There will be only God and righteousness. I look forward to that day. Uh, As we've looked into this series here, we've gone really fast through it. Uh, but I take time to go back and look at some of these sermons or some of these pieces that you saw that you want to uh, delve into. Each one of these is really a Bible study in and of itself. Uh, As we uh, continue in these lessons, uh, the next lesson will cover the conflicts of the prophet, and then following that, the consolations of the prophet, the circumstances of the prophet, the pronouncement of judgment against the nations, and then the last lesson uh, of this unit will be on lamentations. Uh, may God bless you uh, as you look into His Word, as you uh, seek to to enter into that place that God has for you. Uh, may God bless you and touch uh, your life. I hope that you've been blessed by His Word. I certainly have. Uh, I always tell my classes that I have. A, I had a good time. I hope you did. Uh, But the Lord will be faithful to you. Uh, Wherever you are in your walk in life, God will be faithful to you. And I encourage you, reach out to Him. Amen.